This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery, just like Leicester City this season. So the only thing left to say is, you win, order now on the McDonald's app. And you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. everybody jerry taggart here now be sure to watch chris and lester till i die tv by subscribing on youtube and following them on social media for all the latest leicester city news and information come on you foxes strap yourself in because we're set up switched on and ready to go you are watching and listening to Chris and Leicester Till I Die TV on YouTube and your favourite podcasts. Leicester Till I Die TV, your first choice for everything Leicester City. Tune in and join in now. Are you ready? I'm saying, are you ready? Fox fans, how the devil are we? How are you doing? Mm, got over it yet? It's like, it's like this. I, 
think it's a bit like riding a bike. They say we've got to get back on as soon as we can. And uh, if you're going to get back on a bike, let's back on a bike and um, we will try and get a better result this weekend. Couldn't be a lot worse, really, could it? Like, I'm going to say, bring my colleagues back in. It's Leicester Till I Die TV, I should say. Facebook, Leicester Till I Die, the group. We are on the Twitter sphere at Leicester TID. And if you can, get over to YouTube. We are so near the 1,000 mark. It would be brilliant if you could join us and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, Leicester Teledi TV, like I said, tweak me buttons, pull me knobs. I love it, whatever you can do for me. Um, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just a YouTube whore, what can I say? Um, but, hey, we've got this tonight. And that would have been really, really better had I pressed the right one and we had a bit of music with it. We'll try it again. It's the Premier League preview show with Chris and Craig on Leicester Till I Die TV. It is. <laughs> Let's bring him in and say good evening to the wise old sage. Good evening, Craig. Good evening, Chris. Good evening, everyone. Even got my own, my own theme tune now. A little bit of a jingle. I think I've made it. You have, you have, you you know, you know when you're jingling that you have made it, but I'm afraid you have to take second stage. We've got a special guest, we've got a special guest this evening who is hiding away in his camper van because his (laughs) house has been invaded and taken over. And I've got to be honest with you, I don't blame him. When my kids had a birthday party, it was, Mrs. Get On With It, I'm off. Steve, the Linex, Leicester Till I Die, or Leicester City Winger, how the devil are you, sir? I'm fine, thank you. Good evening, everybody. Yeah. I, I, as you can see, me and me and Craig at the moment are covered up by a Norwich and a Leicester City <laughs> band. So let's. Uh, I, I, can, I can do with that as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can. I can move you around. Look, look. This. Oh, yeah. I, can, I think I can. No, I was supposed to be able to move you around, but uh, Streamlet God lied to me. Let's do that. There we go. You can. Uh, you can. Oh, that, that was good then, uh, Craig. You were. You were hidden. Um, before we look at this come up, upcoming game, unfortunately, we do have to look back at the last game. Yes, exactly, exactly. From a professional point of view, Steve, this is something Craig said earlier. You normally, when you have a bad game, there's usually one player that you can say, well, you know, he played well, he had a good game. I remember the England Greece World Cup game at Man United, you know, at, Man, at Old Trafford, and the we didn't play well, but Beckham had a, had a blinder. Unfortunately, apart from Casper in goal, nobody, nobody turned up. It was a just a whole bad team effort. I think, one, you got caught on um, a day where West Ham were good. But I think, you know, um, not to slag, slag the manager off, but I think totally went out with the wrong tactics. I mean... I mean, Craig, we he's played West Ham before, twice yeah. last season. They they beat us both times. It's not rocket science to know what's coming, is it? No, it's not. And uh, you know, it does sound a little bit cliche, but when you're playing a team who are playing at pace and are physical, you've got to match them first. You know that. You know, it sounds like you've got to earn the right to to play your football, and it, it is a bit of a cliche. But you do. You've got to. You've got to match them. You know, you've got to come out from the off. And this happens too often for my liking with Brendan, that we come out and start so slowly. You can't suddenly pick up into a second gear, you know, once the team's in your face and at you and 
Well, you, you're right. We knew West Ham were going to do that. That's how they play. That's how they got their success last season. So it was just really disappointing how slow everything was. And, you know, I think by all accounts, um, Suyuncu, um created a record for the number of passes uh, across the back line during that first half. Unfortunately, the one in the second half didn't go to one of our players. But, I mean, it but was he, just... did, he did get credited with an assist for West Ham, I believe. Yeah. I know. I mean, it's. It was. I don't know how you think. I don't. I, um, Steve, maybe you can you can tell me from a player's perspective. But surely you can react to what's going on in the game, you know, or you should be able to and say, actually, okay, we need to do X, we need to do Y. You know, in your day, you had leaders on the pitch who would react and and step it up. But it seems like they go out with the instructions, and there's no deviation from it at all. I think so. Uh, I think you've hit the nail on the head there. I think the uh, the modern game of football now is uh, there's a lot of background stuff that goes into the games. There's a lot of um, tactics. There's a lot of things how to stop the opposition, and um, I think they tried to play to a game plan which wasn't going to work from from the kickoff. And there's there wasn't anybody on the pitch that wanted to change the game plan because I don't think anybody on that. On that in that game, knew what they were doing. Yeah. I mean, was I? I mean, I I actually made the comment that we would have probably been better off if West Ham had let us borrow Antonio's cardboard cutout and put put them in defence, and <laughs> we might have we might have got a draw. But let let's let's yeah. get the, so the main, the main thing. Might... The main thing with that is uh, why he looks so good, Antonio, is because mm. they play to his strengths. Mm-hmm. Now we've got a striker that's in my opinion, is twice as good as him, but we didn't play to his strengths. Mm. And that's that's the, the big, that's the big difference. Vardy had the fewest touches on the ball. He had less touches than Schmeichel. And no matter how good a striker is, you've got to get the ball to him. And we were not getting the ball to him, were we, Steve? No, Vardy's the kind of player that plays on the shoulder of the defender. And mm. uh, like you say, you listen to the stats, and that, I think there was what... 60-odd passes between the uh, the two centre-halves. How can Vardy make any runs when he knows the ball is not coming forward? Mm. And um, that was the offset. The, the midfield couldn't react from that because they, they had to go back and collect the ball. And the four or five passes going 10 yards, West Ham closing down all the options, and they were attacking further up the pitch than, than, than they should have been. I want to get the elephant in the in the room out of the way first, and that was the the sending off. Um, it, it reminded me very much of the the tackle when Bertrand uh, did it on Perez in the Southampton nine yeah. 0 I was surprised, Steve, but you saying that Leicester are appealing the uh, the sending off. Yeah, I was uh, I was quite chuckled to be honest. It was on Facebook. Uh, they were trying to appeal it, saying that. Three games wasn't enough. They wanted six. <laughs> <laughs> that that one's for Brad. Just in case Brad <laughs> watching, that one is, that yeah. one is for but him. Going, but going back to that tattle and the sending off, hmm. I was watching it on TV and all the angles they were showing, the, the referee was 10, 15 yards away and he was staring at it and he didn't give it. Hmm. And then it, it was just VAR and everybody else that's involved in this Monday football that got him sent off because if he'd have gone back to real time and the referee let it go, that was the end of it. And no, because nobody protested really about it. It was just like one of those kind of things. But because now you've got too many involvement from off the pitches, 
that's why he got sent off. Craig, do you think he deserved to go? I mean, from my point of view, and I was watching it live, I'm thinking like, at first, I don't know, I didn't think it was particularly bad. But when you go back and see it from different angles, I don't think there's any intent in it. He didn't go to, to, to do that. He did go to try and shield the ball, but yeah, the timing was wrong. But I think somebody said on Facebook earlier, 100% an accident, but 100% are, are sending off. Would you agree? Um, I think I think so. I think Brendan came out afterwards and said he was fouled and he should have gone down because he was trying to stay upright and keep his footing. That mm. he ended up stumbling into the challenge and, as you say, tried to shield the ball as, as everybody does. They try and put their body in between, but his body shape wasn't right that he could do that. Um, with any anything like this, I always try and look at it the other way around and say, if it was a West Ham yeah. player on one of ours, yeah, what would I want? And I would have been disappointed if it wasn't a red, I think. When you saw it from the different angles, I don't think there was any way that he was going to get a, get away with it. And you're right, there was no malice. He didn't mean it. He he looked shocked, didn't he? But, yeah. you know, where from what happened, unfortunately, I don't think in the modern age there was any way he was going to, he was going to stay on the pitch. I think once the referee had walked over to the... And they said on the commentary... You know what's coming. As, uh, I think Brendan said, once the referee walks over to that monitor, you know what what what. What I do, happen, what, but... what I don't like in the modern game though is how they exaggerate it. Now it it was it was bad from where the placement of his foot was was bad, mm. but he was rolling around as if he'd sort of broken his leg, and within a minute he was back up and running again. You know, I don't think that is acceptable because you essentially. Cheating may be a bit harsh, but you're you're I know you're trying to gain an advantage and get a fellow professional sent off and get an advantage for your team, but you are exaggerating what's actually happened. You know, we still see people holding their face when you know somebody's brushed their shoulder or whatever. And and for me, that, that's not called out enough. You know, we have enough TV shows now and pundits talking about this, that, and the other, but they're very loath to call out their fellow professionals you know, for, for that kind of behaviour. And I, and I think it needs to be done. I'm not saying that particular incident mm. wasn't wasn't bad, but it didn't look like it, he was as badly injured as he was making out. I've been saying this for a while, Steve, that, you know, we've got this technology now. We should have the, or the, you know, the FA, we know are sort of slightly uh, short on the old spherical objects, but they should be able to look back at these games and go, right, that guy was cheating, one, two match ban. And that would that would end it straight away, wouldn't it? I thought it would end it straight away. And um, you go from that extreme now to corners and free kicks. The thing that gets my bugbear up, it's like a wrestling match. Before the ball's taken, they've got them around the throat, they've got them around the waist, they've gone down. Surely, you know, that's that's got to be a foul. Anywhere else on the pitch, it'd be a foul. Yeah. But and I, for I me, can't understand, I can't understand why they let it happen, mm. and I think that's that's breeding the way players are outside the box. Mm. And, and, and for me, you see, you see more and more these days of the players not even looking at the ball. Now, if you're not true. looking at the ball, you're clearly trying to impede someone. So that, that, that as you say, that's mm. that's, a, that's a foul anywhere else on the pitch. If you're not looking where the ball is, you're you're deliberately trying to impede the man, which is. It's a foul. It's a penalty straight away. But nobody has the balls to call these things out. I mean, 
I think you've lost your sound, Chris. Wrong knobs again, I think. <laughs> I think you're right. <laughs> He's always playing around with them. Yeah, we'll keep talking, Chris. Don't worry. But I, again, I, I mean, from a, a, it must be frustrating as an ex-pro knowing when you played, Steve, how physical the game was. And I would have thought if you if you were feigning injury, your own players would pull you out. Oh yeah, you know, um, I was just talking about this a few weeks ago. Uh, over my career now, I broke my nose nine times. I had mm. my ear ripped off. I broke my back. I broke my ribs. Lost a few teeth. Mm. You know, and if you had the shenanigans that's going on in the in the box now, you know, you had your Roy Keynes, you had your Gordon McQueen's. Mm. They just you get an elbow in the face. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And, is this is this working now, guys? Unfortunately, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we have a love-hate relationship, me and Craig. We love ourselves and hate each other. Um, but I'm, let me ask this then, because I am—I'm not criticizing Brendan as in he, we've got—he's got to go. We've got to get him out. He, he has bad games. All managers, you know, if we lose, you look at the manager because that's what he's paid. You know, he's paid to win games. But when you one nil down. One man down, half-time whistle goes. Is that not the time, Craig, I'll come to you first with this one. Is that not the time that you make changes? You don't come out of the second half with exactly the same players, with the same formation, which is similar to what um, Hussenhall did at Southampton when we beat them 9-0. Yeah, I was, I was surprised, to be honest. You know, you get this thing about, oh, I'm going to give them the opportunity to put it right, you know, but... You could see that that game plan wasn't working from, as, as Steve said earlier, within a couple of minutes. You know, it was almost like, right, we'll knock the ball around between us at the back. They will come and press and that will create little gaps for us to play balls in. As soon as they decided not to and just stood there and watched us, we had no idea what to do. So he had to change it. And he had the opportunity, as you say, at half time to at least change personnel. And sometimes, you know, it doesn't matter who you are, from my perspective, if you're not doing it, and you're not putting in the effort, then you get hooked and you get a kick up the backside. I think too many players have become untouchable and they almost feel scared, particularly certain players who, shall we say, are, are you know, if you're negotiating contracts or all the power is with the players these days, and it seems like there's not enough power with the managers to actually be a little bit harder on some of the players if they're not performing. You're not saying surely... He can't be, Steve, that Leicester City have a problem with the player power in the dressing room, as in getting certain managers sacked. Well, over the last couple of uh, couple, three or four years, it, it does look like it has happened. Uh, mm. You go back to a, a, a couple of managers before. But uh, I personally think, you know, and I'm not a Gareth Southgate fan, but I thought he was he joined the coaching um the coaching team in the week just before that game. And then you go back to the Euros and how we played in the Euros and how we lost the Euros, it typifies the final that that's how Leicester played. Mm. You had a manager on the side that just stuck with his his game plan and he just let West Ham get on with what they were doing, the changes and the tacking and you know, and it, it, it looked as though Exactly the same as the Euro, Gareth Southgate. Mm. Hadn't got a clue how to change it. It's passive, passive football. I think, you know, the best teams don't worry so much about the opposition. But I don't know whether it's 
whether Brendan's always been like that, but Brendan, to me, always seems to worry more about the opposition rather than concentrating on the strengths of us and letting them worry about it. I think you're going back down. I think you're going back down to the realms of Leicester being a top six club now, um, mm. which they are by right because they're in there, but they are starting to play like the top six teams. Mm. And if you look at the other five in the top six, they all very similar to how they play. There's no big difference to how they play. Possession mm. football, backwards, sideways, do whatever, and that's how the top six play. Now you go just below the top six, where West West Ham are going to be good if they carry on attacking where they are. Leeds United are the same. Sheffield was when they last season or the season before that when they were going at teams. And the best way to defend a game is to attack. Attack. Mm -hmm. I thought the changes came too late, but we lost. It is only the second game into the season. Let's not, you know, start. Uh, you know, we, we 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 get annoyed when we lose those games. But like you say, we're on the same points as Man City at the moment. So you know, we're not. Uh, it's not the end of the world. But we have got Norwich on um, Saturday, three o'clock at Carrow Road, an away game. It's not on telly. It's a three o'clock kickoff on a Saturday. That's two. That's two in the first three games for Leicester. My God! But you can hear it uh, if you're in the uh, in the Shire. You can hear it on uh, BBC Radio Leicester, or if you're outside the Shire and it, uh, if you choose, this is your choice. LCFC.com radio. Now, um, I had a, a a show last night. It was a very hastily put together show, but. We've, we've lost Perez. Um, we've got problems again with the defence. And, and Daniel came on with me. We actually put together, and we, we used to do this last, last season, but we actually put together the team that we thought, well, no, we know Brendan's not going to go for this, but we think that should come out on Saturday. So I just want to run it past you guys and just see what you thought. Because we went for two up front because it worked so well for us at the back end of last season. You know, Inacho finished the season top goal scorer. You know, he, he he stumbled upon that combination, Brendan. It worked for us, and now he's dumped it. So, we, but we did go for a four-one-three-two uh, um, formation. Now, uh, Craig, first of all, what do we mm. got? Schmeichel in goal. Uh, Pierre, we've brought Indeedy back. Soyuncu and we've got Bertrand back because Soyuncu needs somebody next to him that is, is could, can can talk and control and you know Amati can't do that. I know we're losing indeed in midfield. We're slotting Sumari in there and then Albright in Tillemans, Barnes, Madison isn't doing it at the moment. Inacho and Vardy's not doing it to be honest. He's gone on a long you know run of not basically got a goal against Wolves, but. Give Dakar a chance. I don't know what. First of all, Craig, we'll come to you. What you thought of that um, that formation? I, I I had a similar conversation with uh, with my lad Scott, um, and I talked about going to a four-one-three-two, but um, and I think it could work, but I would never pull Indeedy back out of that position because, for me. If you if you want all Brighton and and Barnes to be wide, you're going to leave yourself really outnumbered in the middle of the park for me uh, with that formation. If you're playing two people who you're happy to 
be a little bit more narrow and allow the wing back or, or the full backs to provide the width, then I think it works. But then you've got to have Indeedy to give the protection. So for me, and you don't think Samari could do that? No, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think no. he's had two games. Well, he's not even had a full game in the Premier League. I, I, he's not an Indeedy for me. He's a little bit more forward thinking. I don't think you could. I don't think you do that. I think you lose in midfield. I think Samari will turn out to be a really good player. You know, the way that he holds the ball, he holds people off. I'm really impressed so far. But I think you're being a little bit harsh on Amati. Yeah, he's given the ball away a couple of times. If we weren't trying to pay that, play that silly possession football, then he wouldn't be doing that. But the covering he does and the blocks that he does, I think are going a little bit unnoticed. Um, so I'm, I would happily go with that. All Brighton... Maybe I mean I mean I would probably have Madison and Barnes and Telemans put your best players on the pitch and allow the fullbacks to provide the width. But I would yes go with with two up front. Maybe not Dakar. I'd play in Acho and Vardy probably, and then give Dakar a run after sort of sixty minutes. But Steve, I mean I love Vardy to bits. Obviously, love the guy. You know, hero status and all that. But he isn't scoring. It is simple. So do you not give somebody else a chance? Dakar's there. We know he's got the pace. Um, we do. I have, if I was in Acho, I'd be well pissed off this season after after the way I finished last season. Is any player above being dropped? To me, um, you know, you, you go back to Vardy. Vardy hasn't done anything wrong. Vardy's just not getting the service. Mm. Vardy's not there. Being uh, they're not playing to Vardy's strength. Um, you know, you, you look at your formations that you play. I'm not a firm believer of playing a defensive midfield player because against West Ham, because he was so deep, he was just bypassed all the time anyhow. Mm. And then when you go to your two wide men in your middle thing, the long the runs are too long because mm. they having to start too deep from in their in their half. And the best get out ball now is Vardy where Vardy comes back is good. You put him in the channels, then you all push up, you got your support on or past the halfway line mm. so the runs get tighter and shorter mm. and that's where you contain contain the opposition but because we're but, playing back and we're doing all this back passion and whatever mm. you're just allowing everybody to come on to you but with 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 Vardy Steve I mean even when he's had the ball and there's been in games when he's had the chances he's not putting them away and I know strikers do go through these uh, patches, I and mean, we, you know, Vardy does it every season. He has a patch where, um, you know, he, 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 he a, a barren spell, as they call it. So, why not give him a rest and bring Dakar on, let him get his sharpness back in training? Um, and if need be, 15 20 minutes to go, and we, we know, need that, then bring him on, fish and uh, fresh and fit. That's not easy for me to say. <laughs> Run at the defense. I think you can go two ways with Vardy. I think because now his age and the way he's coming on towards the end of his career, if you were to leave him out now, I think that's Jamie Vardy gone. I think that, you know, he, he wouldn't be able to um, come on and perform like he does in the game. So I think while he's still got the legs in him and he is potentially still the main man at Leicester, you have mm. to play to his strengths. And um, the way the, the setup at the moment, you, you're not getting the best out of Jamie Vardy because mm. it's not his game. He's not his yeah. game. You know, he has to be on the back line. Yeah. And you watch when he does do it and he does it well. You know, people mm. think, oh, he only does it in spasms. But that's that's the only 
reason and the only time he can do it is, is, is where the ball is relative to him. Yeah. Uh, Charlie says here, um, KDH and Dennis Pratt. Bring Dennis Pratt. I love Dennis Pratt, but I, I can't see him as a starter. Uh, unless we, we we're absolutely suffering with injuries, and when when we did this, Daniel and me both said that KDH would probably come on in you know the second half for for Albrighton at that point. Um, Vardy only suffers when he doesn't get the service, says Dorco, but he's had the service, and apart from the one goal against Wolves in matches where he's had the service, he hasn't scored. He's been, I don't, I mean, and in away games, let me let me just quote you this, guys. Um, he says looking at the BBC website. Um, he's been something like 12 games away games and not scored his longest gap without scoring um, for a long time. So I think you've got to look at the players you've got there. Cause yeah. if you go to, uh, you know, I've, I've been watching the, the start of the season. Now you look at Gray, who we've, we've mm. got rid of, look how mm. he's performing for Everton mm. uh, because they're playing to his strengths and he's got the freedom to do, what he's doing at Everton, where I feel he was restricted and told that he can't, you know, that style of play wasn't that Leicester wanted at the time. And I think yeah. that's that's the thing that's happening at the moment. You've got so many good players that are good players. They don't become bad players overnight. It's just that I feel that the, the way they're trying to play or the way they're told to play, they're, they're all going into a comfort zone and mm. and that, they're trying to stick to, stick to that plan. And it, I don't think it's working. Maybe then Craig with with Gray and I like Gray. Um, you know he, he had a go and he, you know he went at the defence. But yeah, if he doesn't fit in the current manager's plans and he wasn't a a, a, a Rogers signing, then you can understand them being let go. Hey, up to a point, you know he is a, a sort of an out and out winger of which he, you know Brendan seems to want. Uh, and the only one that we had, he let go. He, he got under in, which didn't really work out. The thing with Vardy, I think I think you, you've been a little bit harsh because everybody said in the Wolves game that he looked like he was back to his old self. You know, he he, he ran himself into the ground in that game. He was really sharp for the goal. Uh, it was a great goal against West Ham. I don't think he had uh, he had any chances at all. And then if you're talking about going back into a two with uh, Ian Acho coming in. Ian Acho built up a, a great partnership with Vardy. So on one hand, you're saying we go back to the two that worked last season so well, but then you're taking one of them away. You know, it doesn't mean that that, that, that partnership will work straight away with, with Dakar. And Vardy worked well in a two when we were playing more narrow because he, he took that left-hand channel quite a lot. Um, so if you're going to play Barnes... And Vardy as a two, they're going to get in each other's way. I think it it's about getting the blend of the right players, uh, and I don't think that that Brendan's worked it out yet. I think we went back to a one just so he could accommodate Barnes. Now, I don't know. Maybe Barnes could play more central. I don't know out of that three that are uh, you've got behind the two. But I think if you're going to go back to a two, I think it has to be to start the game. It has to be Vardy and Ian Acho, and as I say. I can see Vardy becoming the new uh, Okazaki this season and just getting hooked after 60, 65 minutes for Dakar. Yeah, no, I, I, I know where you come in. Both make very, very valid points. Um, wrong, 
But no, I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, but yeah, this is. I mean, this is football. Yeah, you make a good. Madison JJ says their head looks turned this season. Madison isn't performing at all. He's not got back to his fitness. But um, who knows? We will see what Brendan does. Brendan, the book stops with him. Munzee's getting rather excited at Ronaldo possibly going back to uh, Man United. I believe he's only going because uh, we didn't want him. Uh, apparently, he, he, he's been given. He was offered to every Premier League club, and Leicester said, "Nah, we we don't want has-beens people that you know of sloppy fits or whatever it is." You know, um, I'm going to get I'm going to get hate now off Man United fans. <laughs> um, Daniel James to the, to the foxes with um, Ronaldo going there. I'd, he's, he's a winger, and I, he's a young winger, and I think Madison, um, Madison Brendan could get the best out of him. We need that winger, and maybe on loan if Man United don't want to sell him. Um, Matthew here, not a great fan. Gray was awful, sulky, arrogant, and only performed when it suited him. Glad to see the back of him. You go to these different clubs and get off the fence, Matthew. Matthew. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't hold back, mate. Uh, Dorco says, um, Oh, Brighton knows how to feed Vardy, he certainly does. So, the game, um, Norwich, a good one to, to follow that performance on uh, 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 Steve, or would you sooner say, Well, you know, we should be, it'd be better to pay a Chelsea or a Man City? I think it would have been better to play a top team. Mm-hmm. I think uh, this can be very dangerous. Uh, this weekend because Norwich haven't got the results they want yet, and um, they they're a, they're a championship team that play championship football, which will you know give give Leicester a, a good game, especially if mm. he tries to play his possession thing. I, I don't think that will work at all, but I mm. think it's going to be I've, you know I've, on your predictions I've gone for a Norwich win because I, I feel that. <laughs> I'm coming to that later, mate. I'm hoping you're sticking with the reverse psychology again that you did last season. Oh, yeah. But uh, <laughs> I think, to be honest, um, I don't want to upset too many fans here, but I think the hype with Leicester at the moment is that Leicester's trying to grow too big too quick. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, there's a lot of people now within the club thinking they are a top six uh, club and they, they've, they're not working. They're not, they, you have to perform. You have to perform. And... Um, on what I've seen so far, especially the West game, they haven't performed. Craig, would you agree with that? I mean, Norwich, you know, we lose to West Ham and, you know, fans will say, yeah, you know, every, every we're not going to win every single game, every, every, you know, every week, but, you know, be the new Invincibles. Mm. But losing to West Ham, you kind of get West Ham have gone top and, you know, we know they weren't a bad team last season. Shoots my prediction in the foot that is that, they, they they overshot last themselves last season and they're going to go down this season. But um, <laughs> <laughs> never never that's why that's why I, know, I don't bet. Uh, but if we lose now to Norwich, following that, that's why I'm thinking would we have been better off for Chelsea, West mm. Man City, and right. following that, Craig, are we also getting you know getting too big for our boots? I I, I agree that a, a bigger team would have been better because you're. You've got everything to lose and nothing really to gain in this game coming up because the majority of fans will be expecting us to just turn up and win because it's Norwich. Um, so you don't really gain anything from that, but you have got a hell of a lot to lose. And if they if they got a defeat, back-to-back defeats against West Ham and Norwich, then, you know, the sort of doubts start to set in. And uh, 
we know that psychology is such a huge thing in football, confidence, you know, even the very best players, you know, um, confidence is massive. You know, you take two, three extra touches where you'd be pinging it off in one or you just take one because you want to get rid of it as quickly as you can. Uh, and that's where you have to be brave on the ball. But, yeah, you know, passing it sideways isn't brave to me. You know, it's about taking the chances and, and, and feeding a ball through. And the most frustrating thing was that there seemed to be so many opportunities to do that against West Ham, to thread a little quick pass. But it was like the speed of thought wasn't there, you know, and, and they were trying to be precise. And again, I, I've said this before, it comes down to trust. You have to trust one another that if you play the ball into someone in a tight area, they can take it. You know, if you think I'm not going to play it because there's someone within five, ten yards of him, then... You know, you're losing trust in each other and that's only going to go one way. You're just going to take the safe option all the time. So yeah. going back to the question, yeah, I think we can't we can't get ahead of ourselves and think that we only have to turn up. We're, we're a top six team and we're, you know, we have to turn up. We're so far away from, from that. In, in my mind, we've got good players, but we don't, with that, you have to have a mentality that comes with it. Yes. And I don't think yeah. we have the mentality of a, of a top six JJ says there, easy win, Chris, 5-0, Daniel and Marty Hattrick. JJ, I don't know what you're on, but let me know. Send me a message because I want some of that. If you know what, if JJ gets, if Daniel and Marty gets a hat-trick in any scoreline tomorrow, JJ, I'll come down there and buy you a pint. Um, Matthew says, um, Norwich will be well up for this fearful. They will be, I have a feeling. Um Charlie, we won't win unless Brendan makes major changes from the West Ham game. Well, we we talked about that before. You obviously, the, I, I've made a lot of changes in that team selection, but that has its downside as well. That you can sometimes make two changes, David, do many changes. David says last year we were playing well with Madison Barnes, Vardy, Yori, and Didi, and no Nacho. So other than JJ, didn't we have a blueprint for success? Um, then something else is lacking now from the team. I feel. Um, we come here to Virat. Amati Kags always on to pass for most of the first half. We were too slow for West Ham and played the price. Um, I mean, Steve, I'm of a certain age. I grew up when Liverpool were the dominant force in English football, and <coughs> they played that sort of football. You know, they're passing it around, waiting for the right time. You know, even in the 80th minute, if you know one nil down, they'd wait, and then but then they'd make that incisive pass forward. We're trying to do that, but we don't have that incisive pass in us, do we? You go, you you look at Liverpool now, and you look at them in the past. You look at Manchester the same. They played the possession and they played it across, but they still played the possession play going forward. So they're not. Whereas Leicester tried to play the the possession football. But they're not moving forward when they're playing the possession football. They're playing it rather across the pitch than up the pitch. Now, you, you know, your you Man City's and Liverpool, they'll play that way, but they'll still play that way going forward. And they take one stage to the next stage to the next stage, the final stage. But Leicester seemed to just be on stage one all at the West Ham game and they couldn't get through to stage two. Now, the only worry is now, if you, you can still make all the changes you want to on Saturday... But if you go out with the mentality of still trying to play across the pitch rather than go forward at the pitch, you're still going to get the same result, I'm afraid. 
And it's cost us so many times, hasn't it, Craig? You know, we're not just looking at it's a one-off. How many times has Schmeichel got caught out trying to play a short ball rather than kick it upfield? Uh, I mean, this this is what worries me. And you might laugh when I say this is what worries me. But, you know, last season, well, not last season, the season before when Norwich were here, they finished 20th, um, which is where they are now. They've They've lost their last seven Premier League games. And we know they're capable of getting a good result. I think they are going to be the whipping boys, but we know how Leicester are against teams like that. We struggle, don't we? But this is, I mean, you talk about going up against the big teams as a test. In terms of where we want to be, this game is a test because, Mm. you know, the so-called big clubs wouldn't be going into this having any thoughts that they could get turned over, you know, yet we, we are doing that. Um, so as a, as, as a comeback to it, it's, it's that mentality um, that we've got to get into, that we're going to take the game to the opposition. And at the minute, we don't. We play this passive football. We we wait for the opposition to come to us. Yeah, it worked when we won the league, but that was a one-off. You know, we had the yeah. surprise element. And we played a lot longer then. You know, we're waiting for teams to come on to us, but we're still trying to play the short football through them. And it, it doesn't always work. We played a lot of what I would co- call progressive longer balls, you know, into the channels for Vardy and for Mares. We're not doing that now. Um, so, it, you know, we lost there last time, didn't we? We, we lost, uh, I think, it, I don't know, even, even though it may have been the last game that they won in the Premier League. Um, they beat us 1-0, yeah. Uh, and I remember beat, that was yeah. a similar game. I think we had a couple of chances. I think Madison had a chance early on. Um, but again, we were we were passive rather than playing fast and aggressive. We play best when we're fast and aggressive and we've got players who are comfortable doing that. Ricardo, for instance, wants to play fast and aggressive all the time. You know, playing the ball in, getting little one-twos. When we do that, we look really dangerous. You know, most teams these days are organised enough to just sit in front. If any team wants to just pass around the back, it's simple. The three of us could sit there in midfield and probably just stand there and wait for them to pass around us. Yeah, we've got to be more aggressive. Going back to uh, last year, I think the game that typifies what we're trying to say now is the the Man U game in the Cup, where Mm. we took the game to Man U and everybody on the pitch was geared to go forward. And Mm. uh, we looked to complete and the complete team. It was a complete performance. And I think um, that's the way you have to look at Mm. Leicester going forward. Leicester have to to do that. They can't pretend they're the top Mm. six and keep playing all the possession football because, you know, the West End game showed you that. But if you can go with the mentality and the style like you did against them in the Cup, you know, that's what, that's when Leicester... I, I don't know if either you guys saw the Chelsea-Arsenal game. Uh, I mean, Chelsea were, like, unbelievable. If that Chelsea turns up against the Leicester that turned up against West Ham United, I'd, I'd, I'd be peeking out from behind the sofa... It will be horrendous, won't it, Greg? Well, it will, but then we we have this tendency to sort of turn up, don't we? You know, that we we sit in and we... we... It's frustrating. I think that's the biggest thing, because we know when we play against some of these top teams, we can play really well. You know, we we may concede a lot of possession, but we're well-organised. We, we were pretty well-organised, I think, in the Community Shield. I think until Chelsea came at us late on in the cup final. I don't think we 
we conceded a lot of pitch. We conceded a lot of possession, but I don't think they cut us open a lot. As I say, until later on when they were throwing people forward. So we can be well organised. What Brendan's got to do is find the balance be between being well organised and progressive. And that comes mm. with playing quicker. That when you get on the ball, it's one, two touch and you get up the pitch a lot quicker. Every team will get players back and, uh, and get organised. So the only way to get through them, particularly against teams like Norwich, is by playing one, two football, quickly getting up the pitch. And if we don't do that, then we, we, we could well be in trouble. Yeah. And mother has spoken, gentlemen, there. TM <laughs> says, am. guys, you look so sad. <laughs> it's so early, you'll pull it back. <laughs> spoken like a true Tottenham fan. Who knows that you, you'll start well and you just know what's going to come later <laughs> in the season. Uh, Virat, um, not the best mentally at the moment. No big team should worry or would worry about mm. Norwich. Uh, or follows that up with, have to go for the kill. Cannot sit back even after go if we go one 0 up at the weekend. Charlie says here, uh, Canaria sold Buenda but have bought uh, Tuzolis and Rashiga. Oh, uh, we're very good, but need time to settle. Stay tuned, Charlie. You might hear something about one of those players coming up a, a tad later. Um, but like, let me say, Steve. You know, looking at um, you know, we looked at we shouldn't take Norwich lightly because last time we played them we got one point out of a possible six and they've not got, you know, it, it, it's not a foregone conclusion. You know, played six times in the Premier League. They've won two. We've won three. Are we in danger of underestimating them? I think we, um, I think we are with the mentality that, that Brendan Rogers thinks that, you know, we're a top six club and then we can play the ball and do what we want. I think that's that's the that's the danger. Um, you know, I keep going back to it, but you know, you'll be sitting here this time at the end of, at the end of the season because if you look back at last season, it was only three or four games that cost you, you know, Champions League yeah. and all that. And I think we're going down the realms again now. Uh, but if he doesn't change or doesn't get it going, you know, we won't be even sitting at the end of the year thinking because we won't be in the top six. So you have to now, the only way you can start doing it is changing mentality. Okay, I know he's got to play his square and he does play his cop up, but you've got to take it forward and you've got to take the game to, to the opposition. Now, I think Norwich would be more scared of Leicester if Leicester were to do that. But they'll be looking at the result against West Ham. They'll be watching the game and they'll be rubbing their hands thinking if they turn up like they did against West Ham, we've got them because they're not a threat. They didn't look a threat, a threat anywhere anywhere yeah. on the pitch. Craig, this time last season, we had West Ham, oh, we underestimated, we had Fulham, <laughs> who uh, who beat us. It's not going to strike twice, is it, Lightning? Well, as I say, I've, I've seen nothing in Brendan Rodgers to suggest otherwise, to be honest, because we never seem to change. There never seems to be a reaction. There doesn't seem to be a reaction between games. There doesn't seem to be a reaction within a game, which for me is worrying. We we all pay the lip service to Brendan and results speak for themselves. We've done really well. We've won the cup. We've finished fifth twice. So I can't knock him. What I'd like to see is some progression. And he talks about progression a lot, how this team is progressing, how the individual players are progressing. I'm not seeing it on the pitch. I'm not seeing us be more commanding in any game than we were two seasons ago. So do we do we want that too soon? 
Well, at some point, I mean, you can't, you have to, you have to progress each year, you know, and, and it's not just about where you finish in the league, it's what you do on the pitch. And I don't think anybody can say that we've progressed on the pitch, you know, uh, in terms of the way we play. I'm not sure any team is sort of particularly fearful of playing Leicester anymore because they know if they're well organised, then we're not particularly adept at breaking teams down. We are going to allow a lot because if you remember, Steve, last season we used to have um, Craig's team and he would pick the team. Um, but we decided that because Brendan never listened to us, that we were going <laughs> to give that up this season. And so we've actually gone this season, we're going to be doing one to watch from the opposition. Now, I haven't heard of this guy. I don't know whether you have or not. Uh, the gentleman that just mentioned him before in the comments, but the one that you've gone for, Craig, and I'm mm. sure you went for him because you know I have difficulty pronouncing <laughs> these foreign names. Uh, Pronounce his name and tell us about him. Why Milo, Milo Rashika. Well, I, I'm a little bit worried about it because if you remember rightly, last year, last week, I, I gave the one to watch as Antonio. You did. I was um, going to mention that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, when everybody was talking about Ben Rama, but for me, Antonio was the one that we should watch, and uh, and we didn't. Um, but Rashika is an interesting, an interesting player, as you say, that not a lot of people know much about him he's i think he's the first kosovan player to come into the the premier league and he's actually norwich's record signing it, it went as undisclosed but i think it was around the sort of nine and a half million um pounds fee for him he's very direct he's very quick he's got good feet both feet he had a decent scoring record he's come from Werder bremen mm-hmm. um and i think he may have been top scorer the last couple of seasons there for a for a young player not not huge numbers of goals but for someone who plays predominantly out wide he's got into double figures the last two seasons at, at Werder Bremen um, and I think he's the sort of player who plays with a freedom that all he wants to do is get the ball and go forward he's very very direct as I say very quick can play anywhere across the front line so you could see him roving around a little bit um, and for me, is definitely one that we need to keep an eye on because if we we played sort of so-called lesser teams last season and we got caught out very square two or three times against Newcastle, I remember at Crystal Palace and Fulham, and fast players if they time their run, they get in behind us. So he's got to be, he's somebody we've really got to keep an eye out for me, and I, I think he's going to do well this season. It, it may well take him a little bit of time to get up to speed, but he's definitely an exciting player for me. Well, like I said, I am really scared after last week, Craig. Yeah. <laughs> that was uh, picking on to... Oh, again, Brendan obviously didn't listen to you. No. Because if he had, he would have, he would have watched. Now, mm-hmm. score predictions. We're going to come straight back after this. And um, Craig, uh, Steve sorry, can explain maybe why he's decided <laughs> that Norwich might just manage to uh, get one over on us. Uh, but uh, we'll be straight back. The Premier League is back and we've got it all covered here on Leicester Till I Die TV. Subscribe. So, uh, Steve, let's jump straight to you because we do this every week on LeicesterTillIDie.com, the website. Steve, at the moment, is joint top of the league. Well, hey! <laughs> <laughs> now, that, was a bit, 
that's a position you weren't uh, you weren't familiar with last season. Was <laughs> the other end? Last season, so, I went for the uh, the reverse psychology because I wanted Leicester to win every game. Um, <laughs> but I've gone past that now because, like Chris was saying earlier on his in his comments, I want to see Leicester progress, and I think that's why now I'm going to try and name it as I see it. And the only reason I've gone for the uh, the two 0 Norwich is because. Norwich have got to win a game that at home they've got to do a performance and you know I don't think um, Leicester is set up at the moment to play the teams lower down mm. uh, Well I've gone for the opposite to you I've gone for 2-0 to Leicester because I think to be honest with you it is a must win and I don't think we can afford to lose it um, Marsh has gone 1-0 Um Steve Walsh and Jerry Taggart have both gone 2-1. And Ian Wilson has gone 2-0 to Leicester as well. Uh, Craig, which side of the fence are you going to go? Steve's side or the rest of us? Well, I'm a little bit worried. I think um, my prediction career may well be over, Chris, because I agree with you. Um, which is, <laughs> it's not bad, Ned. It's, yeah, it's, it's not somewhere that I've, I've ever wanted to be, to be honest. But um, I've got a feeling that... that I. They have to come out with the right attitude. But if they do, if Brendan gets that right, then I think it's it, uh, 2-0 and I think we should keep keep Norwich at arm's length. Can you see where um, the goals are coming from, though? Well, I, th I think... I, I don't think they're the greatest defensively. And I, as I say, I think if we play progressively, I think we've got a chance. We, we have got people who can slide balls through when the ball breaks down. And I think that's it. We, we played too slow. And that's why I say, Steve, if we come out with the right attitude, that's what I'm basing that on. If we come out with the same attitude as we did with West Ham, then, yeah, we'll be lucky to get away with the draw. But I'm hoping that he has instilled that thought process. What, what frustrates me more than anything with Brendan is after the game, he comes out and says the things that we've all seen. We didn't move the ball quick enough. We weren't sharp enough or whatever. But, Get that over at the start of the game or change it. Don't stand afterwards after a bad defeat and then tell us all what we can all see. You know, he's he's, he's getting to that point where words are not enough. It's got to be shown on the pitch. A bit like Steve Bruce at Newcastle. <laughs> Don't yeah. want to compare that, but uh, he talks a good game as well. Mm. But uh, yeah, so that that those are the score predictions. Craig, Craig, by God, I'm going to write this down. He's agreed with me. <laughs> Two nil. Uh, you probably just saw there that this season we are doing that in conjunction with um, the longball.net. Uh, it's I, I can't do fantasy football because it takes over my life. And I changed, as you've seen from my, my team choice this week, because Vardy hasn't scored last, on, on the last game. I'd, I'd drop him and bring somebody else in. Um, so I'm useless with fantasy football. I, I, I take one player out and think I'm going to bring him in but then I'm two million short, so I have to get somebody Oh, And then I'm there all night. This one, it's just predicting the actual scores. You've done it. And if Craig can do it, anybody can do it. But you, you've done it, haven't you, Craig? <laughs> yeah, I have. Yeah, it's it, it's pretty easy. Although some of the bonus points got me a, a little bit um, confused. But uh, I think I've got it now. Um, yeah, so yeah, it's easy. I'm not sure how the bonus points work either, to be honest with you. Mm. I know uh, if, if you if you, you can choose three bankers with a B, and mm. I think if you get that dead on, you get more points. So, um, yeah. 
But I'm sorry, Steve, but I've got to say, I, I do hope, I really, really hope you're wrong. <laughs> oh, so do I as well. But, you know, it's, it's just this, it's just this feeling I've got because it's hard to lift yourselves. And uh, mm. like you say, and the, the longer it goes on, the more frustration you get and the harder it will be. I'm hoping that the, it was a one-off. Um, do you remember, but, Steve, that when, when David Moyes was manager of um, Everton, and I always felt Everton had one good season when they would finish sixth, seventh, eighth around that time. Then they seemed to have a bad season when they finished maybe 12th, 13th, 14th. Then a good, then a bad. And I'm really worried that we might turn into that if we're not careful. The thing that's going against Leicester at the moment is we've been on a, a run now where it's all been highs. It's all been highs. We've been there or thereabouts and, and whatever. And you know, you look back at, this is a worrying point for me, you look back at Sheffield United now, they were doing it a few good years now, they should be going backwards. Wolves were the same, they were on a, a high mm -hmm. thing, they've gone backwards now. And it's like any 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 work of or anything in life is that, you know, you only get a progression for so long and then you, you start, to, start to dip and start to go back. And I think... Mm -hmm. I don't think Leicester can see past that at the moment. Like Chris said earlier, there's there's just plan A, there's no plan B, and um, that's that's the thing that he has to get is a plan B, because you will have bad game, you will have bad games, but yeah. at the moment you can't see us changing what we're doing. No, but Craig, do you think? I mean, we have progressed each year, and as you say, you want to see progression each year. But progression for us now would be top four. And Champions League, but for us to get into that top four, you've got to think: Well, are Manchester City going to drop out? They've just spent, you know, a yeah. hundred million pounds on a player, you know, a billion pounds on one player. It's ridiculous. Are Man United going to drop out? Uh, they're talking about buying Ronaldo. They've spent millions again. Um, same with um, Chelsea. They've just spent nearly a billion, ninety-four on Lukaku or Liverpool. And this is the problem, as Steve says. Have we now reached our limit? Because it's going to be a hell of a big jump to get into that top four, which would be progression. Yeah, it would be progression, I think. But the, there is a limit to progression, you know, within within your means. You, you can do as well as you can within your means. Um, and you can't really go beyond it. And, and as we are at the minute, progression has to be seen in other ways. And we are progressing... As a club, you know, the, the plans they've got for the ground shows progression as a club. The training ground is pro progression as a club. What they've got to maintain is almost um, at least a status quo on the pitch. Because, you know, with the best will in the world, when you sit back and you, and you take off your blue tinted glasses, then there's some bloody big clubs uh, in the Premier League. And the fact that we've been up there for the last two or three seasons... It's phenomenal, to be honest. It, it's it is overachieving. So, with that comes an expectation. But when you sort of plant your feet back down and you realise top ten, top eight is a good season for the size of club that we are. So it's baby steps from here on. You know, in terms of progression, mm. it's the sort of thing that you may not see. You know, you don't you don't see a snail get from A to B, but he gets there eventually. You know. And that's maybe that we've we've sped up so far, got to a point, and now the progression will be a little bit slower. 
Uh, Virat's just said then, apparently, I've just checked, Man United have reached an agreement to re-sign Ronaldo. Yeah, um, they've <coughs> announced it, so, yeah. yeah. The bad news for everybody is that Mark Lawrenson has predicted a Leicester win. So, you know, it's not going to happen. Steve, it's been great to have you back on again. You know you're yeah. welcome anytime, and we do this every Friday. So, uh, I know you need a wash because you came straight in from yes, work. Yes, thanks, thanks all over. Thanks. <laughs> I, I think that was more, more you were pulling the wool, uh, wool over my eyes. I think what you're trying to say was because your daughter's birthday party and you got about six 14-year-old girls in, you just couldn't get in the bathroom, could you? <laughs> that's it, mate. That's, that's, that's the excuse. But I, I, I hope I haven't come over too negative tonight on Leicester. It's just that, you know, I want Leicester to do so mm. well. Um, but I feel as though he has to do, has to get a plan B. Has to. To be honest with you, Steve, we would sooner have honesty than yeah. you know. We 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 can't on one ear every week and go Leicester fantastic, Leicester fantastic, Leicester mm. fantastic because we're ex-players or or we're, we're big fans. But we can't also come on and say Leicester rubbish. So it's nice to have you know that that ex-players view on it. So no, you yeah. you haven't at all. You haven't at all. But I'm I'm going to go and slip my wrists now. But thanks. The nice <laughs> the nice thing I see I see on Facebook. You know, because we've got quite a few Leicester fans on there now. Yes. I see the yes. excitement of them every Saturday and how they think Leicester's mm -hmm. going to do. And I think it's more when it doesn't go right, it's more of a hurt for them. Mm -hmm. And I think that's that's the crippling thing at the moment is because the Leicester it fans is. are so yeah. so hyped up as oh yeah, mm -hmm. we're going to do this, we're going to do that, and then you know you get hit in the face by the performance like West Ham, and you think to yourself, oh, it's a shame for them to be honest. Mm -hmm. It is. It, success breeds um, uh, anticipation more, higher anticipation. Mm. Steve, thank you very much. There's no show next week because it's the international weekend. Hopefully, maybe see you in a couple of weeks if you've got rid of the girls out your house. By yes, then. I will do. You might see me sitting <laughs> in the old motorhome again. But... <laughs> yeah. You stay there, mate. I bet you got the cold beers in the fridge. You enjoy it. Thanks very yeah, much, you. Steve, as always. Cheers, Steve. Thank you. Cheers, guys. Bye-bye. Greg, I know you've got to go off because it's Scott's birthday. Wish him a very happy birthday from me. I will, indeed. Thank you very much. And uh, don't do anything I wouldn't enjoy. <laughs> I live my life by that, Chris. <laughs> well, I should hope so. If you do, you won't go far wrong. Excellent. Go and have a great night. Thanks for that, mate. Uh, fingers crossed for three points of the weekend. Definitely. Cheers, Chris. Bye, we'll, everyone. We'll see, you see. we'll see you next Tuesday for the quiz, Southampton. Yeah. Indeed. Correct. Indeed. All right. I'll catch all you All the then. best, mate. All Have right, a good cheers. night. Take Bye care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks to Craig there, and thanks to Steve Linex. It's always great to have Steve on. What I love about Steve Linex, yes, he's an ex-player, so, you know, he has a certain, you know, loyalty to Leicester, but obviously he's a West Brom fan. You can tell from his accent, and he does give it to us straight. You know, he doesn't try to butter things up. And, you know, as fans, sometimes we do get carried away one way or the other. You know, after winning the FA Cup, we were going to be the best team in England. After losing to West Ham, we're going to get relegated. You know, it's hard sometimes as fans to strike the happy medium. Steve comes on and he, he, he gives it a straight, which is great. And, of course, being an ex-player, I grew up, you know, I went to school with Gary Lineker. So I grew up with that period of Lineker, Linux, Alan Young, you know, great, great years. I know we didn't sort of win anything, but uh, they they 
they edged, eased me into football, if you like, you know. Uh, Virat, thanks for joining us. Uh, enjoyed this one. Nervous for tomorrow. I'm nervous, but that's been, you know, that's a Leicester fan, isn't it? Because we know we could go out tomorrow and play Chelsea, who just played Arsenal off the pitch, and we could beat them 2-0, 2-1. Uh, and we can go out to Norwich, who are bottom of the league, haven't won a Premier League game for about nine, ten games, and we could lose. Eight. It's all about being a Leicester fan. That's what it is. It, it, we know it's a roller coaster ride. Um, after Norwich, of course, these are the games we've got coming up. Um, we've got next Saturday off because it's the international. Um, we're then a small matter of Manchester City, talking about Manchester City. And then we've got Brighton, and then we've got Burnley. And that is the thing that really does worry me, guys, is the fact that, do you know what? We've got, and no disrespect to the other teams, but we've probably got one of the easiest starts to a Premier League season, apart from Man City, that we've ever had. And if we don't take advantage of that, what will happen? But like Steve says, you know, after what we've had for the last couple of seasons, expectations grow. And you want more, don't you? But uh, listen, uh, Charlie, thank you very much for joining us. Come on, you foxes. Fingers crossed for tomorrow. Norwich won Leicester 3. I'd take that now if, you, if you're giving it me, Charlie. I definitely would. I'm going to be back at 9 o'clock, and I'm going to be joined by a West Ham fan, and we're going to be looking at the Europa League draw. Join me then. If anybody wants to come on, because I haven't got a co-presenter at the moment for later on tonight, so if anybody is free and wants to come on, Send me a message either on Twitter at Lester TID or Chris Forian, F-O-R-R-Y-A-N, on um, Facebook. And you can come on and, and host with me. It would be great to have you on. But we're going to be looking at West Ham's draw. They're very, very pleased with the draw. But they're saying we've got the group of death. Do you think so? Chat about it at nine o'clock. Guys, thanks for joining us as always. It's been a pleasure. We couldn't do it without you. Have an absolutely good night. Hopefully see you back here in an hour at nine o'clock. And um, come on, you foxes. Hello, Matt Elliott here. Be sure to watch Leicester Till I Die TV on YouTube and follow all their social media platforms for all the latest updates and news on Leicester City Football Club. Thanks for watching Lester Till I Die. This is Chris saying goodbye and see you next time.
Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? A participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.